it's easy for me to tell myself, you're just a little too little, a little too, you know that song, a little too wrong and I Hey, I'm Sarah and welcome to the Unemployment Podcast, which is just a clever name I came up with when I found myself unemployed right in the beginning of 2020, a month after starting a brand new job and career. But we don't really talk unemployment at all. It's actually the exact opposite. On this show, we cover everything from entrepreneurship and business to passion projects and side hustles to energize and inspire you. Hello, everyone. Um, I feel like I never like introduce myself, but it's because I always play my intro in the beginning, whatever. But um, for everyone that's new and everyone that's old and everyone that might have forgotten, I'm Sarah, your host of the Unemployment Podcast. Um, and today we're going to figure out if I'm a failure or not. And maybe you're a failure too. Okay, that sounds like really harsh, but no, actually we're going, I'm going to go through like a about like the 10 different business slash side hustles slash entrepreneurial ideas that all failed and kind of just my like thoughts on all that stuff I guess um yeah like I don't know just to start with a big picture idea before I say what my media of the week is but it's almost like failure is kind of just an idea that maybe you started and then like it never went anywhere or you quit but like is it really failure if you started it and then quit like what does it mean for it to not be a success and is it not being a success it being a failure a lot to think about but I think we're ready for it um so also to tie into this episode, it ties into my podcast shout out of the week. So I have a podcast shout out and a song shout out. Okay, I'll start with the song. The song is, okay, it came up today on my um, Discover Weekly. Let me find it. I literally only have two playlists. They're both amazing. So I might honestly share them because they're very like poppy, but also good. And today's um song of the of the week um is called is first place by below it's like b u with that those two dots over it l o w and i actually saw her in concert um opening for love i think um let's see let's see yeah september 2019 at house of blues in boston i want to say and I love her so much. Um, she's, like, pretty big, I would say. Like, pretty big for, like, a not mainstream person. I think she's German, maybe. Um, but, yeah, she's super good. And she she pops up on, like, a bunch of, like, indie pop and, like, other... A few other playlists on Spotify. Um, I can't remember what that's my brain is like all of a sudden buffering right now but her new song is what did I say what it was it's called first place she has some other good songs too and um yeah when I saw her at House of Blues I was like come on guys we gotta go we gotta go I want to see this opener 
And I was so like upset because I was like, we're going to be, we're too late because we were like so late. You know, like if you can remember going to concerts, you think like you're late and you're still waiting for like two hours. But I was like, no, we're like five hours late. And we get there and as we're walking in, her like song, her newest song starts playing and I'm like, oh my God. And anyways, when I heard this, it was like the first thing that popped up on my, um, on my, oh, New Music Friday. Yeah, that's what it was. On my new music Friday, and I was like, oh my god, it's so good. So it's called First Place. And then that um also we're having a music manager on Thursday's episode. So I'm gonna just throw throw it out there and share a little music because I have good taste. Um, but my podcast of the week is my favorite, Soph Mosca. Her podcast, Unqualified, she talked about the prompt where do you see yourself in five years in the latest episode? And she's like, yeah, this is super stressful for like all of us in our late teens, early 20s. And I'm like, girl, this is super stressful for those of us that are in our late 20s that got fucked over by Corona, aka the best thing that ever happened to me getting fired um, or laid off or whatever you want to call it. Like, even if when I was 21, like, so this is this is literally from me to you right now. Even if I was where I wa- thought I wanted to be when I was 21, now that I'm 27, that's all probably gone to shit. Like, my whole life has changed. You know what I mean? So, like, you're still going to have the freedom that you have when you're in your late teens, early 20s. Like, in your late 20s. Don't even worry. Like, if if not, like, you even have more freedom because hopefully you have more money and then, like, more time and you might be more established in your career and so yeah like that question still like makes me cringe but just the way she went about saying it was really um helpful for me and also I remember when I was in college like like she is or like um her audience is it can be like the only thing you can think of. Well, the only thing I could think of was, well, two things. The first was that everyone that I knew that had this quote unquote five-year plan, they would always, I specifically remember this. Like, I'm not going to say who the person was, but like a friend that I had in college was like, I just want my five-year plan to go as planned. And like, they were just really invested in it working out perfectly And it, like, wasn't because, like, they had a crush on this person that they never thought they would. Or, like, this job that they wanted in Boston wasn't what they wanted. And so I was just like, well, I don't really have a five-year plan. Like, I have one, like, main focus, and that's to get a job. So it's kind of like, it was kind of depressing. Like, I needed to open my open my eyes a little bit more and take in what was around me and not just grind, grind, grind every day like I did. But now that's what now was for, I guess. My eyes are wide open, set and sail onto the seas of possibility. Um, And yeah, her also part of her episode was like, if someone asked me, because also this applied to me a lot too, because I've just been avoiding like my family because of COVID also because I don't want to explain to them what I've been doing for the past like year um so it kind of works both ways because I'm just like oh I I can't come see you or like 
yeah, sorry, like, whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's because of COVID. No, it's fully because I don't want to have to explain to, like, my family members, like, that I am, like, chasing after my dreams and, like, not becoming an engineer. Like, those go hand in hand, like, very specifically, universe. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, just that family pressure, like, I've just been avoiding it. And so she said to think about, like, that question in your head is, like, what will make you happy in five years? And, like, that, like, really brought tears to my eyes because I was remembering myself at her age, at age 21, like, not that I thought happiness was a given, but as someone who's like a Sag, who's very optimistic and a positive, happy person, the structure I had of my life of like playing a sport in college, having my friends, roommates, having class, doing internships, that structure really facilitated, it facilitated a lot of stress, don't get me wrong, but it facilitated a lot of happiness in my life. Like I had it set up, you know, I played the sport that I loved. I did internships with friends and met new people and traveled to new places. I had school, which I didn't love what I was studying, but I'm a learner. I love to learn. So I was happy, even though I was stressed, just learning things and my major that I loved. And when that structure ended, I assumed incorrectly that the new structure of like having a job, having a nine to five and filling my time with other things like going to the gym on my own or like trying a new workout class would, would be like a perfect match replacement for my previous structure. And it wasn't. And there were so many gaps, so many insecurities, so many vulnerabilities and it, the structure crumbled and my happiness crumbled with it. It really did. Like, so I liked that she was actually prioritizing her passions and her happiness as someone that is like, you know, she's in this limbo of like podcast, podcast and content and um, influencer, but also college student. So it's almost like can be kind of like, where do I fit in? Because I'm a college student, but I also have like a full-time job and I have to work with brands and like jumpstart a career as, as a 21 year old. And it's like, I need to learn all these things. So that's a whole navigation in itself that she didn't really talk about, which is fine. But I'm just saying that that structure of jumping into, um, just like the nine to five and the post college was just so broken for me. And I never even thought to prioritize my happiness because it was ingrained in the previous structure. So now looking back, I'm like, yeah, I, okay. Like I can do this. I can make myself a five-year plan. Like, and I don't, I don't have to look at it in the eyes of my friends and I from five years ago from college, where if it doesn't go according to plan, we're going to be pissed, but I can look at it in a way that it's like, life is about evolving and growing and moving and moving on and like becoming better at things that you do and starting something new and whatever it is. And if I go to this wedding that might happen this year and I get into a corner with my aunt and they're like, what are you doing with your life? I'm literally going to take what she said and think to myself, what's going to make me happy in five years? And I'll be like, oh, I'm moving here. Like, 
I have my podcast. So, so it is, it is true. I do tell everyone about my podcast, like, because it makes me happy. Um, is it like part of my career goal for five years? Yes, but it also makes me happy. And so it's like, it's the best of both worlds. So welcome. Here we are. So that is my podcast of the week. And so we are going to talk about this, all these other things that I did before I started this podcast, because I like, I love just looking at my favorite media people, um, Instagram people or like YouTubers or podcasters. And my mind just jumps to like their success of the fact that their podcast got out to me or their YouTube channel got out to me. And like, they're just living this life. And it's like, no, like everyone has so many things that they tried before so many stories of their failures, but also like their pivots maybe is a better word for it. And I do enjoy this culture of sharing on a podcast or just sharing like your story of everything that where you've been, what you've tried, what you've thought about doing and just being open about that like as we go along. And so it just really inspired me because also sometimes I feel like I've been telling myself I have a bad memory and I don't like I'm going to get rid of that thought that I have, that limiting belief that I have in my mind right now, because I have all these like random things that I did in college and now it's been like five years. So, you know, I got to dust the shelves a little bit, but it's like, I've always had this drive and this like idea hamster wheel in my brain. And I think on a, on a big scale, before I get into the details of each one, I think that I would, I like the joy of starting the idea, but then if I didn't, if it didn't meet expectations or not even that, if it didn't like you know, I didn't, I don't know what the feeling is. I, I told myself I didn't know what the feeling is of like a successful podcast or a successful Instagram account or a successful business or a successful idea. I was only taught my whole life and especially in college when I did work a lot in entrepreneurship. Um, I literally joke that I have a minor in entrepreneurship because I do. Um, like it's might not be on my degree with all my other freaking majors and minors, but like it's ingrained into my portfolio of school. And so the metrics that are used for an entrepreneur is like your business model. It's like revenue. And it's like, well, I'm kind of a create more of a creative now I'm identifying with where my success and failure in black and white doesn't ride on the $10 I've made off this podcast or the million dollars I want to make. That doesn't define it for me. And so that experience of shaping entrepreneurship differently in my mind, I think is overflowing into how I shape success and failure and also just like the journey. It's the journey. Like what? Why? Why again was this thought in my mind of beginning, middle, and end so much. Like it's cycles, it's journeys, it's flows. And I have had so many ideas and so many things that I started and I just stopped doing them. And why did I stop doing them? Like, 
did I need to pivot? Did I get bored? Did I deem it a failure? Did it not, um, like fulfill the financial way I wanted it to? Who knows? Like, and also to tie into this podcast as a whole, um, if you're new, my Monday episodes are solo episodes for me to just talk about whatever I want to talk about. Usually astrology, self-discovery, and uh, my personal life. And um, now today's episode is going to be my personal side hustles and entrepreneurship stuff. And then my Thursday episodes are always for entrepreneurs, side hustlers, business women, LGBTQ plus people that have side hustles and businesses. And like, I've had so many amazing conversations with all my guests about different types of successes and different types of businesses and what matters to them. And so um, I think that has also opened my eyes and opened my mind a lot for my own journey. And so I think that's really cool because it's really a two-way street. Like I have people on that I like and I that inspire me and that I will literally do whatever for them to help them succeed. Um, and I just open the gates and open the connection and open the relationship by inviting them onto my podcast. But like, I like, you know, it hasn't been a lot of time, but I, in my mind, it's not just like a one and done deal with my podcast guests. So that, that, all that aside, um, let's start thinking about my first entrepreneurial fails. So as a kid, I definitely had lemonade stand, but I wasn't really into making businesses like my brother was. He started a pop. Okay. So first of all, I'm from Buffalo. So we say pop, but like soda pop, whatever you want to call it. So he started a pop business in middle school where my mom, because she, oh, she's such like, not that she's an instigator, but she loves creativity. She fosters mine and my brother's creativity so hard. So she would buy, my brother came home from school and he was like, hey, um, I need you to buy me a bunch of pop and I'm going to sell it at school. And I was like, okay, great. Like she didn't care if it was against the rules or not. Like, fuck that. And I love that about her. And so she comes home with like four cases of pop. It probably cost her like, what, 20 bucks. And um, my brother starts bringing it to school in his backpack and selling them for like 50 cents cheaper than the vending machine. And he probably had better flavors. So after a week, he probably made like 200 bucks. Him and his him and his buddies are in like a monopoly war. What do they call that? I forget what it's called, but it's like a, they had an illegal trust or whatever. You know, when it's like the one business is capitalizing and then whatever. And so other people start stealing his idea immediately and like his friend gets busted and then they get busted. And so I never cared about like that type of business and that type of money making, but he did. And so I love that. But when I got to college, I started like getting super into like projects and working with like companies and trying to do projects with them. And the first thing that I did was I did this project with Under Armour in 2014. It was called the Armour 39. And it was like a heart rate monitor that was like linked to your phone and it had an app and it could like improve your training. And my vision was to bring 
Under Armour and these heart rate monitors to all the colleges, all the college campuses. So that way, um, the athletes, like we had D1 hockey players and then the rest was D3. And to bring like athletes all in like the Liberty League or whatever to a higher level by using um, that technology in our workouts. Like, who am I? What? And so I didn't know how to like make an app, but I had this guy that I worked with in a project in school. And then I had my other friend that I was on the lacrosse team with. I was like, yo, yo, you got to be on this team with me. We're going to do this project. Like this is on top of a full semester of engineering classes, a full season of lacrosse and like everyone else's like personal and social lives. But I just decided that we needed to do this. So I like, I brought together the team. Like this is me always connecting people. So I brought together my friend and then I think it was two other people from like one of our classes. I was like, we got to do this project. We got to win this thing. We didn't win. Um, the, this, the people that won, they like, they like made something for swimming. And I was like, this is stupid. Like the swimming market's dumb. Like my market idea was way better. And yeah, we literally developed this whole thing and like tested it. And we wanted to like go to DC and, and pitch our idea and everything. And we didn't make it, but I think we came in like third place like we came like we placed like it was really freaking cool and also it was kind of funny because like one guy did all the coding poor poor coding people they always have to do all the work and then the three of us were like the athletes so we did like the marketing and the testing and just like the details the, we had to write a paper do a video we did all that together and then he had to do like the majority of the work because I mean the whole thing is an app so yeah but it was super fun and it was super great and I loved doing that and then things got crazy with school and lacrosse like whatever nothing I didn't do anything else until 2016 where I basically invented Instagram influencing so it's a pretty bold statement but I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened And I've told many of my friends this before and like, they probably don't believe me, but maybe if I put on the podcast, it'll really legitimize it. So I was chilling, um, over the summer, I think. And I was working, um, or no, I can't remember what I was doing, but it was the summertime and I was, I was probably on vacation with my family or something. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it'd be so cool if instead of like stock photos, Patagonia, I don't know why Patagonia was the thing that I thought of. I was like, Patagonia should just pay like regular people like me that's walking around like in their raincoat to take pictures and promote them. I had that idea in 2016. I was like, I'm going to do this. So I didn't email Patagonia, but I did email this company called Fitness Jeans and basically as you can tell I was really obsessed with like fitness at this time and I pitched them and I was like hey I am a student athlete and I think you're I really use the student athlete thing a lot because I there's that's a good market like are you kidding me if Under Armour would have actually taken our idea like that would have been a really good partnership and if fitness machines would have taken my idea too would have been amazing but I was basically like I have this whole market of student athletes that I want to use your DNA testing for like, um, how your body best works out. And the thing was like $200. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to sell this. I don't want to buy this for 200 bucks. Like I'm a broke student athlete, college student, 
but I'm just going to email them and maybe they'll send me a free one because I'm going to say I'm going to promote it and I will. They literally sent me a free like fitness jeans thing. I, I wonder if they still exist. I'm going to Google them right now. Fitness jeans. DNA testing for fitness and weight loss. This was literally them. They're still around. Oh my God. And so they sent me their kit and I took my DNA test. This is my first time. It's $200. And I was like, fuck that. And so I literally posted about it on Twitter. I probably deleted it now because it's like, oh, I don't want to post about it on Instagram. That's weird. But I should have. Are you kidding me? And since like nothing came of it, I didn't pursue the idea anymore but I'm just learning now like it's not about like you're not gonna realize it's the best idea in the world or the best podcast in the world and you're not gonna like be obsessed with it after one post or one podcast episode or one video or one TikTok like that was my I guess that's everyone I everyone's like low-key idea of it's not like the the Hollywood dream anymore what do they call it it's not like the LA dream it's like the Instagram influencer like dream but not really because like really anyone can influence people whatever so like maybe if I would have shared it more with my friends or whatever but my my friend Shannon who doesn't listen to the podcast because I don't talk about murder she was like when I told her about that she was like, what? Only you could do that. And it's like, well, great. Now, not only me. And then another one that I tried to get was a free waxing. Like, um, again, this is 2016. This is five years ago. So like, I, that, that many, I feel like this was kind of the start of people getting sent stuff. And I was like, Hey, like, I love your waxing kit and I really want to wax my legs. Like if you send it to me, I'll promote it. They were like, no. So I gave up after that one and I probably got fucking distracted with school and busy with all that stuff. But I was super into that. And so that's why I say I invented it because I had the idea, but I just like, I should have done more with it, I guess. I don't know. Not really. Who cares? Like, I think I'm doing just fine. Okay. Two more ideas. So that was kind of like my fitness phase of wanting to like really market to student athletes and like I was really into working out and lifting and I'm still into working out but in a way different way these days and um yeah that was that was that and so now we get into the next phase of my entrepreneurship journey which is all about like just being gay being bi being gay and basically there's these things kind of went hand in hand so the first thing is I graduated from playing lacrosse for four years in 2016. Like, that was my senior year. But because of the way I did school, I did five years total. So I had an extra year and a half um, after I, like, graduated from lacrosse and being a student athlete to just do school. So I I was like, oh, my God, I have all this time. Now I'm going to do all this stuff. So the first thing I did was I joined, like, the business school's entrepreneurship, like, it wasn't a club, but it was like this thing that every year um, students could win $1,000 doing this like thing called Change the World Challenge every semester. And so I entered because I was like, I don't care what my idea is. I'm going to win $1,000. Are you kidding me? Like, give me $1,000. Like, what? I can do this. And so everyone's building robots, apps, 
mRNA technology. But as we've kind of gathered from my experiences at a technical school, I'm not very like soldering and like, I'm just not, I'm, I'm more on the creative, like social, social entrepreneurship and idea side. I'm in like the business side. I'm not very technical. I, I am because I can fuck up. I can fuck some shit up in Excel and like I get equations. But other than that, I'm not a tinkerer. I'm not like tinkering. You know what I mean? Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Okay. So my idea was a gender neutral clothing store. Literally, again, this is 2016. Like, this is before H&M had gender neutral. This is before all this stuff. And I am pitching to a room full of small, little white men and bigger white men that were um, the professors. And so, I actually remember this. So, they were probably like, what? But they couldn't say anything. They couldn't be like, your idea isn't technical enough because, like, it's to change the world. Like, I'm here to change the world. I'm not here to conform. So, I remember we had class on Wednesdays or we had club on Wednesday nights or whatever. And we had to, like, pitch. And I learned so much about entrepreneurship. So, don't get me wrong. I loved that. And also, spoiler alert for this, I won the $1,000, of course. There was multiple. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, 10 people won. And I was one of them. Don't worry. Um... And I get up there and it was actually International Women's Day. So it must have been like five years ago, almost to the day, because last week was International Women's Day. And I go to the class and I ask everyone, raise your hand if you know what today is. And nobody raised their hand. (laughs) First of all, because no one wanted to participate openly with me. And also side tangent real quick. Can you just please imagine me like giving presentations and just kind of like, doing my thing in college, like, once I got off the, I don't, I feel like I don't talk about this enough, because I just bitch and complain about my engineering degree, but, like, once I got away from the, like, thermodynamic classes, and into my design studios, where we always did projects, like, just imagine me capturing a room with, like, my story, and, like, like, just the way it would get everyone's attention, I don't know, I just, I love, I just love giving presentations, and just, like, entering by an element of surprise and like putting on a show a little bit so as you can tell from my podcast so I ask everyone and I think actually we did have one female like advisor and I think she knew it was International Women's Day but from what I remember nobody really knew and I was like today is International Women's Day and there are not enough women in business so that's why I'm here and like I did some dramatic thing and then I was like so I'm going to like pitch to you a little bit different um, project than everyone else. And I was just like, basically the project, you had to do a bunch of um, consumer like research. And so you had to do like a hundred interviews. So I interviewed like all my friends and, and teammates and um, my cousin and like people that I knew that were queer and just like people that I thought first of all, that I saw that we would wear, like, boys' clothes, like, we would go to the men's lacrosse sale and, like, buy hoodies and shorts, like, those are all gender neutral anyways, um, and this was a time of, like, you know, and it still honestly is, I mean, I haven't been shopping, like, out, out in a while, but it's, like, if you're the opposite, if you look like the gender, if your gender looks like the sex that you are, 
and you're shopping in the other gender section, like you can get weird looks and like there can be things like that that happen. And so my part of my project was to interview everyone and talk about like their experiences. And I had so many people tell me that like, oh, I went to a tailor and they tailored it to be form fitting just because they like assumed my woman was a gender or my, my gender was female. And like, I got weird looks when I wore like longer boy shorts and whatever. And so that's why I wanted to, um, not make my own clothes, but I wanted to make a online platform. And I literally did. It probably still exists. I should find it for like places. Like I discovered wild Fang. I discovered Podaloo. Um, if you like, like more tomboy fashion, or if you're into fashion, you probably know those two names, but there wasn't that many, um, that I could find. And I would just search, search, search online places and there wasn't that many. And so I tried to find, I probably found maybe 20 and I put them all online in like a website. The website was real ugly, but I did my best and yeah, it was a really like cool idea. And that also got me really into like thinking about pop-ups and also this was like the summer of like I want everything was a pop-up I feel like now pop-up villages before COVID were like a thing like I know they have one in Boston but I was like oh my god this would be so cool as a pop-up because like oh I also discovered Tomboy X at that time I was like Tomboy X and like Podaloo and Wild Fang could like all send me stuff and I could do a pop-up and like sell their stuff um, like over the summer, like farmer's market vibes. So yeah, that was one of my, that was one of my ideas. One me fucking a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars when you're in college. Like I know it's, um, not as much now, but it was pretty lit to get that. Um, and so that got me on the pop-up train idea. So also that summer, 2016, this was the summer before Maybe it was the summer of 2017. Okay, I can't remember exactly. I put the years down, but now my memory is like a little bit foggy. Let's just say either it's summer 2016 or summer 2017. This was before, and I know it was before the year of um, commercializing Pride, which is so fucked up. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. There's two sides there's more than two, but I, I'm going to explain two sides uh, to everything to this. First and foremost, do we all remember like Shannon Beveridge and like Laverne Cox, Ricky Thompson, Chris Lynn, Bro- Brock Williams, their H&M like pride campaign in 2019 for like world pride and all that. Okay. So this is before that. This is like when you can't go to Target and get everything pride. You can't go to Gap and get everything pride. Like, yes, I'm happy that mainstream, like, clothing places have stuff that you can, um, you can buy and wear to pride because it's making it more mainstream, um, which is good and fun and excites me because I'm someone who likes to, like, Let's just say that the other day my roommates and I were talking about our favorite seasons or favorite holidays and mine is Pride. Like Pride is a holiday for me. And so before all these big campaigns and also a little bit of exploitation, a little bit of commercialization, don't get me wrong, like thanks for capitalizing off of the queer population, but keeping the money for your, like, you know what I mean? There's, there has to be a little bit of a, um, 
intention and integrity behind throwing out throwing out a pride campaign and like just profiting you know what I mean just we, we got to think about that for a minute but before that before that was a thing I would always get an outfit you can go back on my Instagram you can see like my pineapple outfit that was for my first pride in Pittsburgh with my ex we had such a great time but we literally went to like a Pennsylvanian Target to get stuff for Pride and because we had seen it online and like there was nothing. And so it just like there wasn't anything mainstream. And so I was like also all my Pride outfits rock. And like the years before that I've had like fits like fits that I like have like the two years 2018 I had this like one of those clear backpacks like jelly clear backpacks and I like put a bunch of pins on it and we're like a little romp or like I don't know I just like I love getting a fit like I don't like Halloween I like to get a crazy fit together for pride so that tangent aside um I was in the it was the time in the year in the place of pop-ups and also I was like there's nothing good for pride and so I wanted to do like all these little companies or like places that um, like Etsy places that were like making pride stuff. And I wanted to like put it at a big pride event so that people could access like cool pride stuff. And so that idea isn't very good anymore because like now it is more mainstream and like people do do pride campaigns and whatever. Maybe that, maybe that idea isn't gone, but I'm, I'm over like the pop-ups and like, I think too, I was trying to make stuff like physical things because that's what I was being taught at school and now I'm more of like an idea person um which leads me to my next three entrepreneurial fails so the first this is really hilarious because I've never talked about this to anyone ever this idea that I had so um where are we in the timeline my timelines are getting a little bit better. I just want to say that too. Shout me out. I know I couldn't remember what year it was, but like I'm to that age where, it, I mean, it's all a blur. The last year was 10 years in one, so don't fucking come at me. So in when I moved, I moved to Boston in a good old 2018. And remember at the beginning when I was talking about how the structure of my life had contributed to my happiness and then I didn't realize when that structure was being replaced or broken or changed or morphed or gone. It was really uncomfortable, really hard. I didn't feel good all the time, stuff like that. So I get a job in Boston and I'm ready to quit the next day. Like the reason I got the job, don't get me wrong, I was so grateful, but I hated it, but I had to go through it because I needed to realize that I couldn't chase happiness. I needed to rebuild my happiness structure and the way I saw the world and what I want to bring into my life every day in any situation. And I needed those two years of like doing this certain job to not that I needed it, but I'm not trying to like take anything away from that experience because I do think it was really important for me. And so I knew I wasn't happy and I had identified this. I would sob hysterically before I had to go into the office. 
I never wanted to be there. I didn't want to become close with anyone. And, you know, it was a really vulnerable place for me. So I, um, in May, so I moved in, I moved in March, started the job in April. By May, I was like ready to, I realized, okay, I do have some time on my hands. I don't know that many people in Boston. I have my friends, but like they all have their own lives and they're all own friends. So I'm going to start something up. And I made up this thing and it was called Project You in Two. (laughs) Like I have hilarious old Snapchat videos of myself because I like wanted to like have that vloggy vibe, but I was so uncomfortable and I didn't want to post it anywhere because I was just like, this is too embarrassing. So I started this whole project called Project You and Two, and it's called Taking Your Life from Good to Great in Two Years. And <laughs> like, basically my preface was like, listen, I check my privilege. I have a job. I have an apartment. I have a car. I have friends around me. I have these like kind of basic core needs that are being met. So I have a good life and I know that. But I know that I can feel myself and want myself to lead a better life. I want that great life. So I want to start making changes to lead that life. And also the project stemmed from that workplace banter that I hope none of us have to endure anymore. That's like, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? And I always fucking hated that so much. I was like, when people would ask me how I was, I would just ignore them and walk away. Or I would say I'm terrible. Or I would say like, I'm amazing. And I would try not to say I'm good because as soon as you don't say I'm good, how are you? The other person like freaks out and becomes so uncomfortable. They are either like, oh my God, this person's rude. They just ignored me. Or they didn't ask me how I was they're great. They're so great. And I'm terrible or I'm terrible. Oh good. I'm terrible too. Like, I don't know. I just like the shock factor. Again, the entertainment portion of my life is really, really coming out in these, in these situations. But I had been feeling this. I'm good. I'm, and it's like, no, are you good? No, you're not good. Like this culture we have in the United States, I saw something probably on TikTok, and it was just talking about how somewhere else, people don't ask in other countries, people don't ask, Hey, how are you? They ask something else. That's less like annoying to, for lack of a better word. Like, and so I started project you and two, and I made all these sticky notes and I did all this stuff and I started an Instagram and I probably made an email and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to take my life from good to great in two years. And in some ways, I really did. (laughs) Holy shit. This is also at the time that I got my life coach, Casey, who we did an episode and I just got into mindset and mindfulness and, um, yeah, I manifested a bunch. That's when I got into manifestation too. I manifested a bunch of really fucking cool shit. And so that was my project. And so I wanted it to be something where I could like journey and people could follow along or I didn't really know what it would be like from an entrepreneurship standpoint. But all I know is that I was too scared to post anything, to post like journaling prompts, to post that I had a life coach, to create a social media account, to create a YouTube channel. Like I was too afraid to do any of those things because I was too afraid to put myself out there and share what I was going through, what I actually wanted 
and to share that I was afraid to go after what I wanted. I was afraid to say that I didn't like my job or I was afraid to say that I had just gone, we had just, me and my ex had just broken up like mutually and we were just going in separate ways in our life. And I was just, you know, I, I actually remember I had started the project in May and then like two weeks later we had broken up officially, officially. And, um, so that also really like threw me for a loop and I was like, not, I just, if I had any courage to share it was immediately stomped on by just feeling so broken and like lost inside just because like this was someone that I really liked and enjoyed spending like a lot of our college times together and I was like yeah so that really crushed me um and so I was definitely not feeling ready to share anything anymore so like I would just I never did anything with those initial like big whiteboard that I made for it, but I always thought about it and I would, the snap memories would come up and I would occasionally like start like recording myself saying things. And apparently I wanted to have a podcast, which I don't remember. My, my ex told me that a few weeks ago. She was like, I'm so glad you started a podcast. You've always wanted to. And I was like, wait, I forgot. Like, and remember I said that in another episode too, that I had found those notes of like my old podcast names, whatever. And so that was my, that was my first like post-grad project. And also I want to say that I, again, didn't think that something that didn't make money was valuable at all. One is because I would get questions from I think probably family members or people, not, I don't think maybe friends, but also questions from external forces that are like, like, what is this? Or like, maybe it wasn't that I didn't get questions from them, but maybe those quite like my self projecting my insecurities was like, I was asking the questions to myself, like, this isn't cool. No one's going to like this. No one's going to relate to this. Like this was before TikTok where now I see so many good things like this. I mean, my friend Madison, who has the Figuring It Out pod, all about figuring it out. Like, oh my God, TikTok, so much about TikTok and so many TikTokers are like that 2021. And I was, I think, 22 at the time, 23. I graduated. Like I said, it took me five years, but like, I see so much of that out now. And it's just so funny because like, imagine if TikTok was around in 2018. I mean, it might have been, but again, it was really small. It was what musically, like it wasn't about, it wasn't the platform that it has grown to now. But if that was around and I could like talk about that stuff openly on TikTok, like, you know what I mean? So it's like two things about entrepreneurship that I need to like tell myself. And by telling myself, hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm telling and helping other people, but it's like, it's easy for me to look at these things and think that I'm too, I'm too late for me, my idea about Instagram influencing and emailing brands because I did that one time in 2016, nothing came of it. And now everyone's doing it. So I'm too late. I'm too late for project you and two, because TikTok would have been the perfect platform for that for me because I was already recording, um, I was already recording videos of myself and saving them to my Snapchat memories to look back at in one year and in two years. Um, and so 
I know that a lot of times, like I can tell myself a lot of stories about the podcast or about other projects and ideas I have. And I actually still have two more that I'm going to talk about, but I just want to say this first that it's easy for me to tell myself you're just a little too little, a little too, you know, that song, a little too wrong and I can't wait. You know, that song, you're just a little too late. That's what I can, I can, the critic in me, my, my, my biggest critic by far. I mean, at this point, who isn't like, let's be fucking honest. Um, but I can just criticize myself for like all these failures or all these not successes or all these like, why don't you stick with that? Or this, if this platform was around, you could have done this. No, like that is, I'm getting rid of that. Like this podcast, I release two episodes a week. I am doing other things. I am starting up lacrosse soon. Today I like felt so I'm, well, first of all, okay. I'm reading this book. Maybe I'll talk about it later, but anyways, this book is helping me, but the holistic psychologist on Instagram, if you don't know who she is, she has 3 million followers, whatever. She's amazing. And I'm, I'm listening to her book right now. Cause I got it on pre-order on audible, but like these thoughts in my head have always like, it, it, I'm tired. Like I was so tired today. And then I guilted myself for feeling tired. And then I like, just, you know what I mean? Like you just get stuck. I'm in this house. My office is two feet away from my yoga studio, which is two feet away from my bed, which is two feet away from my fucking bathroom. And it's like, I just come up with all these excuses for why I shouldn't post on Instagram. Why I shouldn't record an episode? Why I shouldn't do this? And, um, it's like those little things that keep making me want to give up or miss a week or something. And yes, you can mental health. You can miss a day. You can miss a week. You can miss a post. You can miss a post. But like, I am here for this for two episodes a week. Like, I don't want to look back on this in two more years and say, oh my gosh, I should have just kept going with it. Or I had this to share. Or this episode only got 10 plays and I must suck and no one cares. And like, all of that in the entrepreneurship journey. Like, this is me... Like, I don't want to be too thinking I'm too late again, like I have for the past, like, fucking six years. So, that's Project You and Two. After the Project You and Two fiasco deal, um, oh, it's a pretty sunset. I'm, like, so distracted today. Also, with Project You and Two, I actually have a few more things I want to say about this now that I'm now that I pause for a drink of water. So I'm thinking too, remember how I was like, I didn't like have know a lot of people in Boston and I was just moved here and everything. And so I think that too, with Project You and Two, I really did transform my life in two years. Like writing it all out on paper. I mean, yes, the world changed, but like from 2018 to now 2021, my life is very different in very good ways. And so maybe I, maybe that project was actually a success because it did everything I needed it to. And it brought me to this point, you know, it's just so interesting to think about. There's so many ways to think about it. And also I was like, um, starting to like make more friends and just like, I got really passionate about going to concerts and like met all my really good concert friends. And so 
I wasn't just sitting at home on Saturday working on Project U and 2 anymore. Like I was out drinking or out to concerts or doing all that. And so that's something interesting too that I'm thinking about now because I really love those TikToks that are like, in six months, you can change your life. Like I just like love that. And then Soph's five-year plan and like all that stuff. I've just been thinking about it all lately. And so I really prioritized a lot of social things in 2018. And I don't get me wrong. I need to prioritize social things in 2021 because the days when I'm at my worst are the days where I isolate myself and feel isolated. And actually tangent alert, speaking of TikTok, I saw TikTok that said that your love language, the opposite of your love language, what am I saying? When you start to self-destruct, you become the opposite of your love language. And someone someone named it, this was not me, someone on the TikTok comments named it your unlove language. So one of my love languages is quality time. And when I start to self-destruct, don't get me wrong, I love a good bath night, meditation on the new moon like I have planned for tomorrow with me, myself, and I in yoga and stretching this booty out because it's so sore this week for some unknown reason. But when I'm at my worst, it's when I isolate myself, like almost like on purpose. And it's so easy to do in 2020 and 2021 for obvious reasons. And so I don't want to construe this new narrative of like, oh, I just work and do my podcast and I'm too good for my friends or anybody else. And I don't think that I am, but I'm always like in my head and worrying about like those types of things. Like I'm not worrying about what does this person on Instagram think about me? I'm worried about what do my friends think about me? Like I think everyone kind of is, but you know what I mean? And so I want to prioritize relationships in 2021. And it's something that I didn't, I like kind of just took for granted in one of my previous episodes when I was talking, remember when I was talking about what I want to focus on and I was like writing, um, the podcast, coaching lacrosse. Remember I made those things and I was like, obviously relationships too, but like, no, like I do want to prioritize relationships and friendships. And I think that in 2018, I just sent it fully to prioritizing friendships and going out all the time. And I love that. But I think there is my new my new level. I've leveled up. My new level is like, yes, I need to be putting effort into re- relationships and friendships and prioritizing those things. It's just like, again, when I'm at my worst, if I'm self-destructing and not feeling good, I'm going to isolate myself in my room. And like, that's not good for me. That's not good for my relationships. Like, it's good to have alone time and self-reflection, but like, I think it's almost a balance of, um, cultivating things in my life. And this has to do with that book that I'm reading, cultivating things in my life for me always. And yes, setting boundaries. Yes. But also having these relationships like I did in 2018 and going out and having fun and like, Obviously, take all that with a grain of salt because it is still COVID and, like, I'm fucking... The gorillas are getting back. The San Diego Zoo gorillas are getting vaccinated before I am. But it's, like, 
it's just so important. And so that was a good little um, little intersection of entrepreneurship and self-discovery for today's episode because they, they go hand in hand. Like, yeah. So Project You and Two, I'm going to put a check mark to that next to that one as a success. As a success. Um, yeah, I think it's safe to say. After that project, I got super into meditating and thus formed the infamous millennial meditator Instagram account. So I think that account is deactivated. I've probably been the owner of about 25 Instagram accounts over the course of my 27 years. Um, that account was about meditating. <laughs> I would like take pictures of myself meditating on self timer. And I was like, hmm, this like isn't really a vibe, but like, I don't know what else to do. And I would go on there and share meditation stuff and mindfulness stuff. At one point, um, the millennial meditator became the mindful millennial. Like, yeah, like I was just, I wanted to share my meditation and uh, mindfulness practices because, and I really wanted to work with Headspace. Like I reached out to them probably 4 billion times. Um, yeah, and I was just really into it. And I really, really was benefiting myself from that. And I wanted to share it with others. And I remember like, so, um, my cousins are like huge supporters of my like endeavors And so I don't know why I have such a salty taste in my mouth of like me being confronted by my family members for like the life that I'm leading because like all my cousins are so great. Like, I don't know why I made up this story in my head. And so we were at my cousin's wedding. I was in a sexy black dress. I was the greeter. Like, okay, those details are just extra, but we were hanging out. This is in back in 2019 in the fall. And I was hanging out with two of my cousins and they were like, this is the best thing ever. They were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like from across the way, like we were at a ski resort, but it was the fall. And from across the way, like, oh my God, is that the millennial meditator? Like they were like pretending, you know, like that they saw the millennial meditator out in public. And then we rode up the ski lift together, um, to like, whatever and it was so cute and it was so funny and like yeah people loved that account um but it didn't grow to 10 million followers so I probably was just like this is a fail and again like I didn't like I liked doing it but I think I had the vision and the passion but I didn't have the focus I didn't have the focus to cultivate it I didn't have I like to do a lot of things at once and so it was hard for me to just want to post about that stuff. And like, I wasn't very disciplined. Um, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I release Mondays every Monday and Thursday, every freaking week at 6am on the dot, they will be out there. The Instagram posts come when they come, mostly during the day on Monday or Thursday. But the podcast is always there. So I learned something from that experiment of the millennial meditator because I wasn't consistent. I wasn't showing up. I wanted this dream and I wanted this partnership with Headspace. But remember when Natasha and I were talking in her episode about just doing the work yourself and sitting there and doing it? And who cares if your Instagram post is ugly? Go back and look at the Unemployment Podcast's first Instagram. The first one's kind of cute. Look at the second and third. Ugly. But look what I have going now. Not going to lie. Yes, I want to change it up every five seconds, but I'm kind of digging the format that I have now. I think it works. 
Also, super side note, if you have feedback on it and want to let me know and you're like a designer, creative person, and you're like, hey, I, I like that this picture's in the middle, but it would be more helpful when I'm looking for an episode if you could do this. Let me know because I'm so open to it. Like, I'm just, it's a shot in the dark for me. Um, but yeah, so that was the journey of the millennial meditator. And so I don't remember how the millennial meditator died, um, but she died. She died. I think I um, just kind of stopped wanting to do it. I lost that initial spark of an idea and a new thing and a new idea. I was probably self-conscious to post stuff on there. Um, so I just stopped doing it. And again, would I label this a fail or success? I guess that's why people measure things based on money because I guess you can say, hey, this business is a failure. It's in the negative 20K right now. And it's easier and more black and white to be like, yay, nay. But again, I'm not a traditional business person like that. I am more of a creative, but I have a love for business and entrepreneurship, as you've seen from my podcast and everybody that I talk to. So that brings me to my latest fail. Um, Again, not sure if it's a fail or a pivot, but let's begin. In 2020, my website's still up. You can go look at it. I launched Sarah Bischoff Consulting because I was like, yo, consultants make bank. I want to be a consultant. Do I even know what a consultant is or does know? What skills am I bringing to the table? Hmm, Let me figure those out. And I did have a client. I had one client in in 2020. Um, Our contract was from September to December, and we haven't renegotiated it. But the interesting thing about Sarah Bischoff Consulting, there's a few things. Because we're still kind of in it. First thing, I... It was a success because I I brought in revenue. I brought in a positive revenue stream. Go look at my tax. Like, no, I don't think you can look at people's taxes. But, like, I'm not the president. But, like, go look at, like, I have the tax proof that I made X amount of dollars from, like, it's not a, it's not an LLC, but I basically was an independent contractor. And so I can claim it as a sole practitioner without needing to do the LLC thing yet. And also Q1, um, I'm at revenue zero because I haven't signed any more clients this year in 2021. So anyways, learned all about that. So, okay, I think that might be a success. And then also I started it and I was like, I want to like work as like a virtual assistant, but through my company, but also I want to be like a consultant for small businesses, um, women and LGBTQ plus owned businesses. But when I kept diving into the work deeper and deeper and deeper, and that's why it's so important to do the everyday work, to record the podcast episodes, to post the YouTube videos. When I started doing the day-to-day work, I didn't love it enough to keep putting my focus on that. So my 2021 mantra or my 2021 um, like to go back to my word for 2021, which I talked about in an episode in the beginning of the year, 
vision and focus. Vision is always something that I am like electrified by this vision, excited about this next thing, starting this new project, making a new TikTok account every five seconds. That is just something I need to keep, I I need and I want to just keep doing because that's kind of my spark. Honestly, that was, that's what makes me unique is I do have so many ideas and I want to keep throwing things out and watching them stick, watching them fall, missing the target completely. Um, but I like lost the excitement, which happens that happens when I record the podcast. But the second I put my headphones on and get into it, I'm like here, I'm so back in it, but yeah, I just lost the focus. And I, I kind of pivoted to a new idea, um, for something to do. Don't get me wrong. I think that I will continue to have a consulting practices, a consulting practice in the future. But I think that the value of consulting is the experience. And so I really think that this isn't a S or an F. This isn't a success or a fail. It's a success in 2020 because I generated revenue. In 2021, I'm going to be honest, I think I'm building my skill set and building my credibility. And I still work with people, but I don't like, I don't give them money. Like I don't, or they don't, I don't give them. I definitely don't give them money. They don't give me money either because the people and the startups that I want to help are people like Sarah and Flick Social, Natasha and Veli. I don't want them to have to give me money to help them. I want to send Sarah a bunch of emails about funding opportunities or invite her to some clubhouse thing. Or I want to do all that because I want to do all of that. I don't feel that I need I want to help companies that need help and don't have 20k to drop. Remember Natasha, she was like I built a $20,000 website in a weekend because I needed to do it and I needed to build it for myself because like I don't have the, you know, I'm not going to invest in the app and invest my own money yet or go out and ask for funding yet because I'm just going to do it myself. And so I want to kind of just be an extra helping hand for that and also some fails for that. I don't know if I've been talking about fails enough. Like I've talked about I've won this and I've won that. But a fail, a big fail with that is that I did apply for some grants for that company with the mission statement and purpose to be someone who helps small businesses. And I didn't get any of the grants that I applied for. I applied for at least two. um, And so I didn't get them. And so if I had gotten them, then I would have continued to put the focus in. But I wasn't receiving back um, the emotions and the energies that I was giving out. So I put them back. I put those energies towards something else. And I have started a new endeavor. It is in the idea phase. So you know what? It might be next week around the episode and I'm like, I've given up on that idea already. But I don't want to share it because like, you know, I have shared it. I might have shared it already. So whatever, but I have a new idea. You know what? I'll share, I'll share part of it. No, it's on my, wow, words. As you know, this is getting to the end of this episode. Um, it's already been like an hour, but remember I was talking about, if you listen to the outro of this, you'll probably hear it about me working with podcasters. So I've been pitching this idea around to a few people, haven't gotten any responses yet, but like I want to focus on the podcast and 
I, I do my episodes, but I want to take the podcast to the business side. And like, there's kind of two sides that I'm just now realizing. The first side is the production and the content side, which I do. Obviously, you're listening to my voice. I'm bringing guests on. I am the creator behind this podcast. But as someone who loves business, who hasn't been able to find my footing quite yet, I really haven't. Besides those few things in college, the business side hasn't, I haven't put in enough focus to get the reward and I just haven't gotten it yet. But I want to take the podcasting to the to the business side a little bit and see where it takes me. Um, so that's my latest extra special idea because you always know I need more ideas. I need more shit going on. I love it all. And um, I learned, I always hated like, oh, do a job you don't like because you'll learn what you don't like. But because the reason I hated it was because I was doing jobs that I were nowhere near what I liked. Okay. So if anyone's ever told you that advice, I would say, yes, you can do a job you don't like, but have it be close to, or at least in the industry of what you like, because I do not particularly care for the industry of construction. That's just me. Like there is no shame in liking or not liking construction. I like furniture and like redoing furniture. That's the closest to construction I'll ever get. But I like the industry of social media. I like the industry of podcasting. I like the industry of music. I like all those industries. And so I like the idea of with my Sarah Bischoff consulting company, I worked in an industry for my client for those um, three to four months that I liked. And that was the value. I didn't, I did a few things for them. I still did them, but that I didn't love, but I did. And then I took that and went for it. So I'm, I've spoke a lot today, but I really, really like this episode. I'm just going to say it out there, put those good vibes out. And I'm trying to think of a good analogy for that last statement, but you know what? I think you get the picture. You don't need an analogy. Um, that's where we are today on my entrepreneurial fails. The title of this episode is literally going to be, am I a total failure, failure, question mark. And to wrap it up, this is what I have to say from my notes. Um, we talked a lot about our entrepreneurship today, but, um, your productivity and your career isn't your worth. Um, I like, it wasn't a fight that I got in with my parents, but I was trying to tell them something about moving and they were like, why don't you get a new job and move to wherever that, and I know I'm not putting my whole worth and my whole life around a career or a job because that was my life already. And I got laid off that job and you know, my worth is my worth. My mental health is very valid and very important. A career or a job or a side project or a side hustle, it can add value and energy and passion and inspiration into your life, but it is not who you are and how you should be treated, respected, or thought about. And so if My career isn't my worth, which I think we're kind of brainwashed into thinking considering we do projects on what I want to be when I grow up when I'm five. And let's just take this time to insert the John Lennon quote of when my teacher asked me what I wanted to be, 
I said, I wanted to be happy. And she said, I don't think you understand the question. And he said, I don't think you understand life. That is almost word for word, John Lennon quote. Um, that'll be shared on the Instagram because fucking love that. So if my career and your career or your side hustle isn't your worth and isn't your life, then what is? And I'll leave you with that. Thank you for listening. Thanks again for listening. Please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on Apple and follow on Spotify too. Let's connect on Instagram. I'm at the unemployment podcast. Feel free to message me with any guests you'd like to see on the show. And don't forget to check back for new episodes every Monday and Thursday. If you're listening to this and are a creator, either with your own podcast show or you're on TikTok, I'd love to connect more about the queer media company. So you can email me at hello at sarahbischoff.com or message me. Thanks. Thanks.